Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130, to Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991, to Boston, Bloomberg 1200, to San Francisco, Bloomberg 960, to the country, Sirius XM Channel 119, and around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Markets. This is indeed Bloomberg Markets. Corey Johnson here, our AM 960 studios out over the San Francisco Bay. Carol Master back in Midtown Manhattan, our 1130 studios. And we're looking at uh, a big move in Home Depot. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, but it's given off a little, uh, taken off a little bit uh, since the open today. Maybe the results maybe not as strong as thought. We're going to dig deep into those results in a little bit. Right, stock's still up about eighteen percent this year. First up, though, uh, check on trading. Just about twenty nine minutes ago in the trading session, here is Charlie Pellet. All right, I thank you very much, Carol. Thank you, Corey. Mixed picture for U.S. equities right now. Little change for the Dow. We have got the S and P pulling back from yesterday's record, down a point at twenty four hundred, a drop of less than one tenth of one percent. NASDAQ is up 14 points, trading at a record 61.63. A gain there of two-tenths of 1%. NASDAQ has been higher all day. The Dow now down by half a point at 20,980. Kuwait has joined Saudi Arabia and Russia in supporting an extension of oil output cuts by OPEC and other global producers through the first quarter of 2018 to help trim global stockpiles. Charles Sherrington is managing partner at Intervale Capital. They really need to maintain these cuts through 2017 to make any dent on inventory, uh, well into 2018, really. So it's sort of a must for Russia and Saudi to do this because otherwise they're going to see you know, a real collapse in prices. So it was a foregone conclusion, I think, for some time, um, and it probably won't have an enormous impact on prices this year in the upward direction, but it certainly prevented a, a real drop. And West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil is down 22 cents a barrel to 48.63, down five-tenths of one percent. This update is brought to you by National Realty Managers of New York City Cash Flow Real Estate, providing you 10 to 16 percent annualized returns with immediate monthly distribution. See them at nria.net. Recapping, S&P 500 index down a point, little change, NASDAQ up 14, up two-tenths of 1%. NASDAQ is at a record. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. Well, we are counting down at the closing bell. It's brought to you by Upside, the smart new way to buy travels, upside.com. Save money. You get a free gift card every trip. Use the code BUSINESS, and you're guaranteed at least a $100 gift card for your first time using Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See the site for complete details. We want to talk about Home Depot. Shares of Home Depot have been up as much as 2.25% following the company's latest release. Now just up about eight-tenths of a percent, but still higher and more importantly, kind of dodging the woes of the struggling U.S. retail industry. Here to explain, Seema Shah, she's Consumer Discretionary Analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence. I do feel like it's a little unfair, though, that we're, loop, you know, kind of I'm lumping Home Depot in with the rest of the retailers because Home <laughs> Depot isn't Macy's. <laughs> no, it's not. And part of it has to do with what they sell. They're selling in the uh, home items and home improvement in particular, which as home prices continue to appreciate, people are investing in their homes. And I would say one caveat that even if new home sales slow, the average age of the using ha- uh, U.S. housing stock is over 30 years old. So there likely be remodeling of existing homes that people live in. So they sort of have that benefit as well. Yeah, I certainly see it in my neighborhood. And I certainly see it as I drive around that people are doing a lot of renovation work and doing things in their homes. Right. Absolutely. Well, so to that, um, I was looking at one of my favorite uh, functions on the Bloomer Terminal, one of so many, 
is the EEG function, and it lets you look at a graph of earnings estimates and look at how the earnings of cha- estimates change over time. What's interesting about Home Depot is that this this quarter, you saw the estimates go up during the course of the quarter. They still managed to exceed those estimates. And I, wh- what did analysts think was happening that was so good that uh, coming into the quarter, uh, and it turned out to be even better? I think it's just been more of the same. I would say that for Home Depot in particular, they're an extremely good operator. They manage their business very well, and they manage the street and the guidance that the streets puts out, I would say. Does that mean well. it's a good business, though, managing the street? I think it's both. I think it's both. I think they run the business exceptionally well if you compare it to their other public competitor. Lowe's? Yes. I mean, if you look at the margins and how there's always a different – there often, I should say, is a differential between the comps at Home Depot and the comps at Lowe's. Is it is it – how much of it is that they've got their own brands and then they're making more maybe on their own Home Depot brands? How much is it uh, seeming that they've just been – you know, they've cut costs? I mean, I feel like you walk into a Home Depot and sometimes you got to walk around a little bit to get some help. Right. I think they do have, you know, a lot of cost discipline and that certainly helped on the margin line. I would say that compared to other sectors in retail – they're still managing to grow their online and being less, less disintermediated by someone like an Amazon. And I think that's partially because they're catering to, to the pro. The pro customer is the one that is often doing a lot of those renovations. It's about 40% of sales, even though it's a smaller percentage of the actual customer. Still so 40%, in. though. Yeah. And in this quarter alone, wow. I mean, unlike the other retailers that have been reporting recently, they had transactions up, which is traffic, and they had ticket up. So people are going more frequently and spending more. And online was up. And for them, even though it's only 6.5% of sales, I mean, if that's annualized for the year, you're talking about $6 billion. So it's huge business. Wow. Uh, inventory day is at uh, 77. Uh, it looks looks like a really strong uh, number for them. Talk about how what they're doing to manage inventory better. They have an extensive supply chain that they had already invested in Previously, and that's what makes it easier for them to, de- like, to ship, buy online, ship to store, buy online, pick up store. And because they manage that and they have tight, good relations with their suppliers, they're able to get those bigger brands, but also not have to hold the inventory like a smaller player might have to. It is kind of interesting because I think about Amazon can sell almost everything, and they right. are pretty much selling almost everything, but they haven't necessarily really tapped into the home market? Am I wrong? Am I right? They they are tapping into home furnishings, definitely. I mean, you saw them make a concerted effort and a bigger push. Last uh, last week there was an article in another publication talking about how they're building out warehouses and focusing on home furnishings. And home improvement, though. Hard to ship a couch, though, for free. Right. It is, but it's still, people want a broader selection. Wayfair is doing very well, and that's right. all online. And Wayfair is going into some home improvement, like finished product. Yeah. But I think for Home Depot and for Lowe's, I think it's that pro focus. And pros tend to go historically to the regional small players, people that they know. So that's a market that's probably less likely to be tapped by someone like Amazon. Right, pick also. up something on the way to a job site. Exactly. So that's why I mean, they cater to the pro and have delivery to the pro and credit programs for the pro, that is, I think, what's also helping them. I mean, you say Wayfair is doing well. Wayfair loses money on every sale, right? So it's, it's a money-losing business, so it's, it's easy to sell a dollar for 50 cents. Right. Well, they're doing well, as I would say, in, relative to other home furnishings. They're growing their sales significantly, although at a decelerating rate than they were last year. And they would argue that in their U.S. business, I mean, they are flat or break even, uh, but that they're investing in their international business, and that's why they're not doing as well. But 
from a market share, like land grab perspective, right. they are grabbing the land much faster. Does Home Depot tell us anything about Lowe's? Just quickly, got about 15 seconds. Yeah, I, w- I would say that it bodes well for Lowe's, and so does the first data numbers in the U.S. retail sales numbers that we saw in building products. And we get Lowe's earnings on May 24th, so we'll see uh, how they, they stack up. Uh, Seema, thank you so much. Thank you. Love the insight. Seema Shah, she's our consumer discretionary analyst with Bloomberg Intelligence, our in-house group of analysts, and Home Depot shares uh, up about eight-tenths of a percent at 158.55 a share. And we do see Lowe's also trading higher uh, today. That stock is up about 0.3%. This is Bloomberg. Let's get a look at world national news headlines from Nathan Hager, who's in our 99.1 studios in our nation's capital. Thanks, Corey. Israel was the source of the highly classified information President Trump shared with Russian officials in the White House last week. That is what a current and former U.S. official are telling the New York Times based on how they say that intelligence was shared. The president wasn't briefed on the information and wasn't aware of the source. So the president wasn't aware of this. This wasn't part of his briefing. So therefore, to suggest that therefore he revealed it is impossible. White House spokesman Sean Spicer, Israeli ambassador to the U.S. Ron Dermer, tells the Times his country continues to have full confidence in its intelligence-sharing relationship with the U.S. President Trump's new ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, is pledging to strengthen the alliance. A relationship that you accurately described as unbreakable, and to which I would add... It is a relationship as well that is without limits. Friedman meeting with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu a day after arriving in the country. His first stop, Jerusalem's Western Wall. The White House says President Trump will become the first U.S. president to visit the wall when he visits Israel next week. The Treasury Department has hit a new round of Syrian individuals and companies with sanctions for human rights abuses. This comes a day after the State Department accused Syria of hanging thousands of military prisoners and cremating their bodies to hide the evidence. And U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley says the U.S. will be ready to talk with North Korea after it ceases provocations. Haley tells reporters the U.S. is pushing for new Security Council sanctions on North Korea. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Nathan Hager, and this is Bloomberg.